This is Texas Soccer Radio. Welcome, welcome. My name is Kyle Mankey. His name is Larry Leathers. We're going to be talking all things North American soccer, a little USL, a little MLS, a little national team, and of course, a whole lot of San Antonio FC, um, because that is what we know best. That's what we do the most of. So, um, Larry, how are you doing tonight, man? First episode of the new year, first episode, season three. Um, what are you thinking? I'm, you know, I'm doing good. I'm on my weekend right now, as usual, but... And these last two days have been rough. It's been, it's, I've had nothing but computer issues and all sorts of stuff going on around here. So getting stuff ready for tonight's been a struggle, but I'm here and I'm ready to go. How about you? I'm, I'm good, man. I, there's some background noise going on. I'm going to do something super unprofessional right now and try and figure out what's going on right there. Cause it's going to distract me. It's going to be like 10 seconds and I'll be right back. Sorry. <laughs> Uh, real life happening here on the podcast right now with Kyle checking on things. You know, he's got dogs and a kid and stuff, so sometimes life happens. I've been having the same thing. Had to go talk to neighbors about shooting off fireworks tonight. It's July or what? The January 4th. People still, sh- still shooting fireworks in my neighborhood. <laughs> Sorry to leave you hanging, Larry. Oh, um, you're good. You're good. Welcome back. Hey, uh rocket league decided it wanted to play itself in our living room oh. so it was a fucking dance party out there gonna be honest <laughs> <laughs> all right we're back um so yeah not not a whole lot going on here um saw star wars that was pretty much we didn't have an episode last week so you know we didn't get to shoot the shoot the shit about that but you loved it right best star I hated wars movie it. ever horrible star wars movie <laughs> like six six of ten at best that's horrible so many empty plot points and no questions were answered and more questions were created i could not stand that movie at all i loved it take it away i loved it so much i don't want to spoil anything for anyone so i'll leave it at that but i loved it it was perfect and there's nothing that needed to be changed um getting i mean um jar jar binks would have made it better prequels were better take it prequels were better (laughs) Jar Jar would make anything better. Jar Jar would make this podcast better, Misa thinks, um, if I had to guess. Remind me next week and I'll superimpose his face over your, yours for the podcast. <laughs> That's definitely an improvement, no doubt. <laughs> um, so I'm, I'm battling a little bit of a cold right now, I think. So uh, sorry if I sound extra shitty, but we're going to get through it. We got our tea, we got our notes, we got everything we need. So let's dive into soccer for the first time in 2018, 18, 18. Um, start out with San Antonio FC. Um, two player announcements this week or over the last two weeks. Um, Rafa Castillo and Pekka. Uh, what do you think about these, Larry? Are you excited? Are you happy? Are you sad? No, I'm happy to see him back. You know, I think we stirred up the Twitter hornet's nest a little bit today with people feeling good about the defensive side of SAFC with Pekka being, being re-signed, um, but people still being a little iffy about what we're doing up front and not really having the faith in Guzman and Elizondo and Presley to get it done. Um, but I'm happy to see Rafa back. Obviously, he's a staple of the team. He was, what, the first player we've ever signed for SAFC. Um, he's the face of the franchise at this point. And, you know, he missed, what, almost three quarters of last season with that massive facial injury with the broken nose. Yeah, right. Um, so I think he's going to be good to go for this next season. Um, all that rest can only do him good. Yeah, what, are you? what do you think? Sure. Um, and before someone gets in our mentions about it, I'm pretty sure Carlos Alvarez was the first announced. Was Alvarez player. the first player? I think so. Um, but Rafa was up there. But I, I remember Rafa was at the night where they, they did the crest reveal, and that's when they announced Rafa. Yeah, it was Rafa, Gunderson, Arahujo, and Cardoni, I think, were at that. Yeah. But then before that, they had announced Carlos Alvarez and uh-huh. maybe one other person. Man, that was so long ago. Years now. It was cold then too. What's with all these cold nights? Um, But yeah, with Rafa coming back, I'm excited. Um, I was kind of surprised by some of the Twitter reaction because there were several people talking about how they were surprised he was coming back and how um, they hope that he's just a depth signing and a bench signing and this and that. I'm shocked by that because 
granted I was the one who like had him retiring at the end of 2015 and the end of 2016. And I'm not doing that anymore because the guy can, the guy has wheels still. Um, and if it wasn't for breaking his face, he would have probably played the whole season. It wasn't like he, you know, got tired or had a hamstring or something. It was just a freak accident. Um, and then he came back in that playoff game for a few minutes and probably could have, uh, you know, played more but he looked good he looked good when he came out out of the field at that end of that game they probably should have put him out there sooner <laughs> I, i'm gonna be honest i was too busy yelling chanting his name rafa rafa to uh to really pay attention too much but yeah i think he looked good from what i can remember he looked like a man <laughs> on a mission so i mean if he wants to come out into this next season with that mentality and that attitude bring it put him on the field yeah. let him start every game yeah. If he's got if he's feeling good about it, then so do it. Get it done. So at the beginning of last season, I sat down with him for an interview for an article I was writing and um talked for about an hour with him and he was so passionate about San Antonio and about San Antonio FC and so excited to be there um and, and wanting to even transition into coaching once his playing days were over. And um, talking with him then, talking with him throughout last year, even after he got injured, um, I, I don't think his playing days are even close to being over. And I, I think he has a lot to contribute. So I would be more than happy to see him starting um, until proven otherwise. I, I think he's earned that. Oh, agreed. Totally. He's, he's earned the right to be on the field for the team. Um, he's super dynamic. He's got a lot of skills and he brings a spark to the field and he's a natural leader. You know, other, other, we've got some of the younger guys coming into the team with Presley and stuff like that this season. Um, they're going to need that leadership and he can be that, that voice in the middle of the field for them. Uh, the other announcement was Pekka. I don't think this is too controversial at all. He was one of the best number sixes in the league last year and fit the system really well. Um, any negative things to say about this? Or are you just negative. I mean, Pekka's the guy who flies under the radar. You know, he doesn't probably get the recognition he deserves. He's that guy floating around there back in the mid, mid to the defense and just, you know, making solid passes the whole time, moving the ball well, breaking a few ankles along the way and, you know, making safe plays to keep, keep us from getting into trouble. But, you know, I think you don't see hear his name being thrown around all that often. He's, but he's solid. You know, he's, he doesn't do much wrong on the field ever. Um, the good things he does doesn't get him talked about probably enough. Maybe we can change that this season. Um, but there's never really bad stuff to say about Pekka and his play on the field, which is a good thing. For sure. And I think that number six has such a big role in the Darren Powell system that uh, having someone consistent and knowledgeable and able to play it well um, is huge. And then, um, you know, even Maxi Rodriguez, I can see him rotating with Pekka a lot as that number six in that central midfield and um, being really effective and taking minutes off of Pekka's legs. And, you know, that's, that's all you can ask for in the, in the regular season. Yeah, no, I think he, I think you're spot on with that. So I think we're good to go. He's he's a good pickup. I'm glad we were able to keep him around for another season. Hopefully it's, you know, we've talked about multi-year contracts before. I think Rafa is probably one of the few that we could say for sure probably has one of those contracts with the way he's played. Um, but Pekka could be another possibility for one of those multi-year contracts. Jonesino on Periscope says Rafa, El Eterno, Castillo. <laughs> pretty much. <laughs> pretty much it. Eternal one, yeah. Um, which, yeah, speaking of Periscope, if you're listening to the recorded podcast version of this, uh, every Thursday night, 10 p.m., we have a live Periscope. You can get in, get in the chat, get your live hot takes, your cold takes, your lukewarm takes, whatever you want. You can steer this show so far off the rails. It really doesn't take much. So uh, join us on Thursday nights at 10 p.m. on Periscope at TX Soccer Radio, and we'll all have a little bit of fun. Um, so overall, how's the roster looking in your eyes? Are you happy with it so far? Is there anything that is missing that you really want? Um, I, you know, I'm still, I'm still looking for Ibiaga. I know I saw, you know, the 210 soccer, soccer, uh, Twitter today tweeting that, you know, we weren't expecting tier pack back. If that's true, then that's going to be a hole to fill over on that side. Um, but if we can get, Gordon and Presley up in the front, I think we'll be all right. 
I think the big the big hole is the Ibiaga hole at the moment, and I know we're going to talk about him next year. So hopefully, hopefully we can make that re-signing. I, yeah, that's a big hole. For sure, that's a big hole back there. I think I would think that Cyprian Hedrick and Stephen McCarthy could get it done going into last season. We were talking about how that three-headed monster central defender, um, but you know, obviously having the defender of the year back is a plus if it happens. So um, that's one. Yeah, let's talk about Ibiaga because. I think he's one that we're going to have to wait right until the near the end of preseason of USL preseason. Um, when we start seeing those fringe MLS players, either getting their MLS contracts or finding a USL club. Um, because I've talked about it before. I don't want to sound like a broken record, but I think it's going to come down to, does he want an MLS contract or does he want like a guaranteed role as a leader on a team and a lot of minutes? Um, and you know who knows who could decide through that. No, that's that's a tough position to be in, and you can't blame him if he does go to MLS if he's got that opportunity. Um, but it'd be a shame to see him on an MLS team just sitting on a bench. Yeah. I definitely don't want that for him. He's way too talented to be riding a bench spot. Um, he's a guaranteed starter at the USL level, um, and it's going to be tough to replace all those clearances because man, he is a monster when it comes to clearing out the ball from the backfield. For sure. Uh, that was one of the most exciting things about him was that he would come so far out and he could really drive the ball down the field, almost like a midfielder. And you can't, it's really difficult to replace that as good as Hedrick and McCarthy are. Uh, you know, you got to hope that Ibiaga comes back. One thing that we did see on social media is that he's holding private lessons and camps in the Houston area where I believe he's from. Uh, and the San Antonio area, obviously around here. So seeing that, it makes me think he's probably still in the area, which seems like a good sign. It's not like he's moved to Vancouver or, uh, you know, New York or something crazy like that. Um, so we'll see. I- I'm hoping that he comes back. He-, he was a good guy to have around and a darn good player. Um, it's, it's definitely promising that we're not hearing the same type of news like we did with Forbes where, you know, he's posting Instagram photos of, him at <laughs> FC tour. Dallas and you know out in LA and everywhere else and yeah doing the tour going around to other teams so that's promising hopefully it means that we locked him up to a multi-year contract from the start and this isn't a concern at all <laughs> that's be nice. but that would be nice yeah that would be real nice I don't think that's how it is but, uh, yeah um, I don't think so either but maybe after this last season getting defender of the year you know maybe that prompt would prompt the team to offer a multi-year contract yeah um i think it was jonesino again on periscope asked if we expected the team to do a big name signing um i personally don't really see that happening i feel like most of the starting 11 is probably already announced um cochran the two center backs one of the two goalkeepers um and then I would guess Cesar and Ever and Rafa, like you can almost make a starting 11 out of the players that have been announced. The only big lacking sections potentially I think are the wingers um, and then right back, of course. But knowing this system, I can't really see San Antonio FC dropping a ton of money on a player in those positions. The spine is so much more important in this system and getting Cochran back, someone who can shift to attack or defense. But um, what do you think? Do you see a big name signing? Uh, maybe steal Didier Drogba from Phoenix? <laughs> Drogba seems pretty settled out there in Phoenix. But, <laughs> you know, I think if we do see a quote-unquote, you know, big name signing, maybe it's going to come from another, you know, Gordon-type deal where it's a MLS-caliber player that's semi-well-known, but on an MLS team that's got too many people that need to get played um, that they work out some sort of thing where they send them to SAFC. I think that's probably the most likely for a big name signing, but it's not something I see likely. If we know anything about Spurs sports and entertainment, um, they love their homegrown players. They love developing lesser known names 
And I think we're going to keep sticking with that route, even though this isn't the Spurs, it's still a part of the Spurs organization. And I think Powell's going to follow suit. And it seems like that's, he's been heavy on, you know, looking abroad and things like that and trying to find those opportunities. Um, So I don't think we're going to see anything, you know, monstrous and huge for this team from the rest of the the off season signing wise. The one time I could see it happening is again in that Ibiaga window where MLS players who don't quite make it or aren't quite where they want to be um, end up dropping to USL. That's what happened when we got Greg Cochran. I want to say that's what happened when we got Stephen McCarthy too, where he was coming back from cups and um, ended up here pretty late in the game. Um, That's, that's a definite possibility going that route as well. That's probably the next most likely place. Yeah. Yeah. I think the important part is this is going to be the third year that we've seen San Antonio FC under Darren Powell. And you can start to kind of make assumptions. You can kind of start seeing where the mindset is, unless something crazy changed in the off season um, where having solid defenders and two way players from striker all the way to goalkeeper. um, That's what's important. And I don't mean to sit here and rag on Billy Forbes. I know he's a fan favorite and, you know, he never punched me in the face or anything like that. But um, that was one of the biggest things that he was lacking was Billy did not drop back on defense very well, if at all. Um, And so that's, there's going to be an article on 210 soccer in the next few days when I have the energy to write it. Um, basically making the case that Connor Presley is a better left wing for San Antonio FC than Billy Forbes is because he can play two ways. Um, I know that's not the uh, popular opinion, (laughs) but uh, if you look at the system more than the individual players, I think that's the case. And so when it comes to big name signings, I don't really see that happening unless it's just a player that's too good to pass up on like Diego Restrepo last year uh, right. sitting on his couch. <laughs> like doesn't get better as a backup than that. Well, when we angered the Twitter folk today, uh, you know, there was, it seemed like there was some concern about Presley and his skill level and his ability. I, you know, I know we didn't get to see a whole ton of him last season, but what we did see, um, there were some really good flashes in there. So hopefully with the whole offseason with with Powell's system, um, we'll see him kind of fall into place and take that next step up. He's still young. He's still got yeah. development to do. He's still got growing to do. Um, but there's a lot of potential there. Similar to the kind of potential we saw in Vega. It's like I said before with Vega, it seemed like there was some sort of off-field issues going on there. There's not really any other good reason to bench him other than something going on personally with him within the right. team. Um, and hopefully we don't have that sort of growth issue with Presley as well. I'm not saying we're going to, or not that I'm expecting it, but that would be the the one big thing I think that would keep him off the field. And I want to be clear that I'm not saying he's going to come on and be, you know, what we expected from Devin Vega or that he's going to be Christian Pulisic or something like that. Um, but you want the team to win. Um, it doesn't do you any good to have individual fantastic league stomping players if they don't fit the system well. Um, and, and he's a guy that I could see fitting the system really well. So, um, you know, that's, that's kind of where I stand. I don't want to harp too much on that because <laughs> that's been like my off season campaign for some reason, the, the Connor Presley. Oh my God. CP CP. Christian oh my God. Pulisic. Can he be the next Pulisic oh. please? Let's just, yeah, just make him no wonder CP two. <laughs> Uh, no wonder, man. It's like subliminal. Like I can't help but hype anyone with CP. Um, so getting away from on the field stuff, unless you have other stuff to talk about with the roster, I want to talk about the uh, fashionable fun stuff. Yeah, no, let's, let's, let's get moving. Perusing soccerfactory.com over the last couple months, looking at stuff um, while I'm browsing my phone. Um, can't help but notice that the SAFC home kit is not available online, um, which leads me to believe, um, especially given a lot of teams alternate year to year, a new away kit, new home kit, new away kit, uh, leads me to believe we're probably getting a new kit in 2018, a new home kit. So, um, I am putting this call out to anyone listening. There's also going to be a contest on 210soccer.com in the coming days. 
um, where we'll give more details about that later. But um, there will be a contest on the site. Um, I want to know what listeners think the uh, new home kit is going to look like or what they hope it looks like. Um, either one, if you can graphically show it like with a kit designer or something, that's even better. But um, yeah, I want to know. Tweet us at TX Soccer Radio or at 210 Soccer uh, and we'll start accumulating those for a little contest we're going to do. But Larry, do you have any guesses or any hopes of, you know, a kit that you want to see knowing that it's probably going to be Nike, um, you know, so it's, it's a little limited there. Now, now real quick, Josino just said, I hope it's not the Nike generic home kit, like the away jerseys. And I hope it's not the same thing either. I, I actually, I, I do have an idea. And since I get to manage this whole stream thing, I can throw stuff up there. So, I mean, you may want to, you may want to look at, your own Periscope stream going right now, Kyle, because I'm throwing something up here. The <laughs> away kits for the Australian national team. I oh, love man. this jersey. I love this jersey, and I think it's got so much potential to be something cool for SAFC, maybe with some, you know, a, a primarily black jersey with some white thrown in there with, you know, the red Toyota logo on the front. I think it could be something really, really cool. Or they could, you know, they could do black and silver. A black and silver jersey would work really well too, since you know, tie in with the Spurs family. But I am totally digging on this uh, Australian national national team uh, kit for their away kit this season. I'm gonna be honest. The stream is so far behind that I'm still rambling on. on oh no! So I just no, googled no, no. it. Is it? It's the one with the like collar that's the different color the gold and the around the the collar is not the different color it's a dark blue jersey with a yellow check on it and the 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 national team crest on there yeah 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 i think that's what the inside is a different lighter blue the inside of the jersey Mm. I may have to wait for that to pop up on the Periscope stream. Oh, no. But while I wait, I'll tell you, I hope that we get something just fucking crazy, like something totally different and off the wall. I don't think it's going to happen or it'll probably be something pretty conservative, if I had to guess, Um, just having seen the... um, Oh, I think I see it here. Um, having seen the the Spurs NBA jerseys and knowing that they like to keep it. Yeah. Oh, man. It just popped up on the Periscope stream. There you go. God. I love sexy. that jersey. I love that jersey. If they could do it black and silver with a red Toyota logo and maybe like a red check or something, I think that would be amazing. You need to tweet that out from at TX Soccer Radio because that would be fantastic. I would love that. I, you know, I will do that tonight and I will tag SAFC in it and be like, can we please get this as a kit? Like make a variation. T Hildebrand says, look at the Egypt world cup kit, a black camel for military would be a neat idea. I agree. That would be cool. Just something totally different. I even like, um, it's, it's hard because Atlanta is kind of doing the whole stripes thing, black and red stripes, but uh, I would love some huge thick like stripes down either vertical stripes or horizontal stripes or like diagonal stripes. I don't give a shit. Just something totally different and not boring at all. That's what well, I'm hoping for. Okay. Real quick, before we get back to stripes, can we please not do a camo jersey? Like <laughs> the, the kickback over the camo jerseys, the military city USA jerseys for the Spurs is horrible already. And I do not want us to see, see us fall into that trap. You know what? Maybe, maybe SAFC needs to do the Fiesta color kits. <sighs> that would be, that would like Fiesta color kits. Come on, let's do this. You want to sell out every game, you know, <laughs> that's all it needs to be. Give, give me a throwback Spurs color safc jersey and i'm good i you know i come from a military family even though i wasn't in the military myself i have more respect for the military than uh you know i have plenty of respect for the military but i am so sick of every alternate being a camo jersey because there's so much more to san antonio than just the military and i don't mean to turn this into that whole rant from a week ago but um man i would love to see fiesta colors or um, you know, even the, the San Antonio city flag with the red, white, and blue and like the battle red and all like just something different, you know, that would be cool too. So getting back to your stripes idea, I, if we, <laughs> if we were going to go stripes, 
How about the Barcelona jerseys? So they've Ooh. got the vertical stripes in the middle. Yeah. Um, but they're different varying widths. And I mean, like that, that could look pretty cool in some SAFC colors. Especially Fiesta colors. Or especially Fiesta colors. <laughs> Definitely Fiesta colors. Let's get this done. I think, I think we can agree there's no way Fiesta colors are happening as much as we want them to. But that would be amazing. If anyone's listening, please, Fiesta Colors. Okay, cor- correct me if I'm wrong here, but didn't they didn't they do that uh, charity um, shoe design for yeah. Rafa to wear? <laughs> yeah. the Fiesta Color ones ended up winning. Can we like just just for the jerseys, even if it's a special edition jersey or the third kit, make it the third kit so we play it. You know, we play it three or four times a season, and that's right. it. But come on, Fiesta jerseys will win. Let's do this. Um, someone in Periscope just said Fiesta colored camo just split the difference. And I'd be on board with that. Whatever. It's different. Let's go. Would it really be camo at that point if it's Fiesta colored? <laughs> I mean, depending I on where maybe, you're at. Yeah, at Fiesta. If you're down there getting some chicken <laughs> on a stick, like, <laughs> that's how you blend in. Oh, uh, God. Yeah, so, no. I want to hear what uh, anyone listening has to say, what they want the kit to be um, or what they think it will be. Uh, and let us know on Twitter at TX Soccer Radio at 210 Soccer uh, and keep an eye out for a special contest that we are going to be having on the website. Um, anything else SAFC that you want to talk about before we move on to some USL, some other CP shenanigans, all that? No, we can keep, let's keep moving here. Dope. Um, so starting at the top for USL, um, probably the most important thing is that there was some chatter this week. I believe it was from sock takes that there is still no official announcement on D2 sanctioning on division two sanctioning, uh, for USL. Obviously NASL is in a legal battle right now with the Federation over that topic. Um, Larry, does this worry you? Is it something that, you know, could actually fall apart and see USL go back to D3? I mean, if it falls apart for us, I'm assuming NASL doesn't get it either, and then there's no D2 soccer in the United States? Again. I, like, what does it change? What, what does it change for us at this point? Unless NASL exclusively gets rights to D2 and we're stuck down at D3, this literally changes nothing for us because either we're both at D3 or nothing at this point, it seems like, and if we're both D3, then we're D2. <laughs> like, yeah. I, I don't know. Like, I don't see how this doesn't work out for us. What are they going to do? Put us back down to D3. If we don't qualify, then NASL sure as hell doesn't qualify. Right. With their eight teams and that are falling apart at the moment. <laughs> I, yeah, I don't know. Just you're going to kill Division Two soccer all the way. Who needs it, right? Um, yeah, I, I can't see them taking division two away from USL with the stability that it has it as far as I can think the only criteria that it doesn't meet is that uh, some teams are not playing in soccer specific stadiums and some teams don't have the capacity um, that is in the guidelines Um, but other than that like I guess if you want to knock them about the whole MLS2 thing but that's part of what makes it so stable. And again, part of why I don't think they're going to take it away is because of the close ties with MLS. And um, for better or worse, we know that MLS is pretty much running the U S soccer federation. So I I can't see USL getting knocked down. I feel like the delay is more about settling things with NASL, making sure that all those boxes are checked before um, they announce anything that could potentially hurt them in the lawsuit uh, by granting USL D2. Now, you mentioned, you know, that maybe the boxes that aren't being checked are related to um, attendance and soccer-specific stadiums. But correct me if I'm wrong here, but don't all the teams have to have plans in place to stay into um, top-tier USL play? They have to have that stuff done by, what, 2020, 2021? There's, like, they all have plans in place to transition to those requirements. Right. With USL D3 coming into play. Yeah, and it's part of why the USL itself is partnering with so many vendors. Um, Basically, they have enough vendors now to where they can build a stadium for a team. It would be a modular stadium, kind of like Phoenix's uh, or some of the other ones that we've seen around. Um, But it's a soccer-specific stadium, and it'll meet the requirements, and it'll be a good fan experience. So 
Um, yeah, I, I just can't see this being as big a deal as some people are making it. Yeah, no, I think it's probably imminent that USL gets their D2 sanctioning. NASL, I don't know. I don't know if it's going to happen or not. I don't think it should with, with where they're at right now and how few teams are in that league, but. I would love, I would love to see NASL succeed. Um, I just don't see it happening. I feel like they've gotten chance after chance and um, you know, I don't want to get into that whole rant, but I'm pulling for them, especially if they're going to turn it around and uh, run it like a respectable business uh, instead of just chasing MLS for division one sanctioning. But yeah, I, I have a tough time seeing NASL get D2, potentially yeah. even be around. Um, so other USL news, um, probably the, the news that I'm most excited about, if anyone follows me on Twitter, uh, at Kyle underscore Mankey, you saw me tweet about the, um, the trademark that's been put in place for Whale City FC, um, which would you would think be connected to Hartford, Connecticut and the USL expansion team that they are getting right now. Um, Whale City FC, best name in the league or best league in the best name in the league. Like, you know, I, I'm, I'm, I'm going to go down a road here. That's not soccer related. <laughs> and I know this because of my wife, because she's originally from Hartford and New Haven up in that area. And she's got sweatshirts from the NHL team that used to be there. And they were the Hartford, the Hartford Whalers from the 70s up until about 1997 before they moved to Raleigh, North Carolina and changed names and everything. And I've got to say that the Hartford Whalers logo is like one of the most badass logos on the planet. It's amazing. Absolutely amazing. And once again, because I get to push buttons over here, I can put it up on stream. <laughs> That's right. It's Do up it. there. That yeah. logo is amazing. Is all I love, I'm saying. Right love, love that logo. I love everything about the Hartford Whalers uh, NHL brand. I'm so sad that it's not an active brand. Uh, I really want to get a hat. I, I'm not. I don't have like any strong NHL affiliations. So why not get a hat of a brand that doesn't exist anymore? You know what, though, surprisingly enough, the merch is real for that team still. Um, the last time we went up to see her family up there. Like, even in the airports, they're selling Hartford Whaler stuff in the airports up there still. It's amazing. Yeah, no, I I am all aboard. And I hope that they go down (laughs) something, the road similar to what the Hartford Whalers were. Because their logo is great. The name is great. Everything's great about that. I love the colors, everything about it. I... I would love for more soccer teams to start like Las Vegas lights where they just fully embrace the community. Like Phoenix rising is kind of doing the same thing where, you know, they're trying to make it a whole brand and everything else. And uh, I, I love that more than just the name, <laughs> make it more about the community and something unique about your city. So I don't want to get to like the El Paso Chihuahuas or anything like that, like the <laughs> minor league baseball team that they have. But, um, you know, it, with a limit, it's nice. No, uh, yeah, the, we, I hope we see more of that because, yeah, what Las Vegas is doing right now is amazing. I wish more teams were doing, doing stuff like that. And <laughs> hopefully some of these expansion teams for USL can, can do something similar. Can you believe that? it looks like we're going to have a full length episode in the beginning of January with like nothing meaningful going on. What are we even talking about right now? I love it. I love it. We're this talking part. about a defunct NHL team from, from <laughs> Connecticut of all things. Texas soccer radio. On a soccer podcast <laughs> in Texas. <Hockey> yeah. Podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, I'm just glad you knew what I, where I was going with that because I did not bring that up beforehand, people. I I, I was going to just throw the Hartford Whalers right in there once he, once he said Whale City FC. I'm glad you knew what I was talking about. Shout out to my old friend from the Gonzo and SA show days, JP Williams. He used to wear that gear all the time, probably still does. Haven't seen him in a little while, but uh, yeah, huge hockey fan. And he's the one that I think I saw that logo first from years and years ago. <laughs> Solid. Yeah. You don't see it very much down here. I think <laughs> my wife is one of the few people with a Hartford Whalers sweatshirt here. 
So the the last piece of USL news that uh, we've got listed here is a little bit of hashtag rivalry watch. Um, OKC re-signed Jose Anguillo. Uh, he scored 15 goals for them in 2017. He is an attacking threat. Um, however, the question mark is that um, they are going to have a new head coach this year, and so presumably a new system. So maybe this is the year that OKC doesn't give SAFC big problems. We'll see. But um, either way, they're getting one of their most dangerous attacking players back for 2018. Hey, at least they're signing people. It looked like a while for a while. They're like, there may not be an OKC team this upcoming season. <sighs> Man, I miss the days of, oh, I don't miss the days of this, but uh, I'll never forget having to talk about grown men fighting over turf for a professional soccer team with the OKC. Um, what is it? Rio OKC. Yeah, Rio OKC. Those were some of the best tweets. <sighs> Man. Good old NASL. We, I, I want to know what happened to that turf. We never got a final answer. What happened to that. <laughs> we'll look into it. Maybe that'll be our big interview for next week. Um, moving on to other questionable leagues. Uh, Bundesliga has named um, <clears throat> Christian Pulisic's game winner versus Hoffenheim uh, as the goal of the month for December. So pretty cool for him. Pretty cool to see an American get goal of the month in Bundesliga. Um, the American. Like, I expect nothing less out of him. I, I have such a hard time. Um, I want Weston McKinney to give Christian Pulisic a run for his money, knowing that he's from Texas, knowing that he's in Bundesliga, another U.S. men's national team player uh, coming up the ranks. I want them to like be head, neck and neck constantly. But um, so far it looks like CP is uh, just dominating. Give it time. It'll happen. Give it time. Better than nobody. Absolutely. Um, speaking of FC Dallas, just a quick note. Um, FC Dallas did sign Switzerland national team defender Rito Ziegler um, with a little asterisk. He hasn't played for the national team in a few years, so it was more of a former national team type signing. Um, he'll replace presumably Walker Zimmerman, who made his way out to LAFC doing the hat flip, um, all that good stuff. So. <clears throat> LAFC building a hell of a roster, FC Dallas um, building a team. So good for them. We'll see how that goes. And we'll have a little bit of a better idea of how they might fare since the MLS schedule is released on Thursday. Um, we going right. on a road trip to Dallas or Houston, go catch a game. Um, yeah, I think we should do it. Let's, let's look at the schedules and uh, pick a game, maybe go see see FC Dallas play Portland or something. There you go. Toronto, if they come to town, I don't know. I think they're hosting Columbus, if I'm not mistaken. That could be interesting. See that game going to be in Austin? Save the crew banners. Oh, we weren't supposed to mention Austin. We almost made it a whole episode without talking about Austin. (laughs) That's all. I'm not going to say anything else. (laughs) Well, since we opened those floodgates, um, I do want to just plant this little seed and then walk away from it of... um, It'll be really interesting to see what happens with USL affiliations this year. Um, Obviously, Antonio FC had NYCFC last year. I say that obviously, like they were swapping players a whole bunch. You wouldn't know that if you weren't pretty invested in the team. Um, It would be interesting if Columbus and San Antonio FC affiliated. Oh. Oh God! It out there. I think it would be interesting. Interesting is the word that I'm going to use there. I wonder how long we'd have to wait to hear if you know anything's happening with that affiliation with NYCFC. I would assume it's just going to continue, but I don't know if that's something that needs to be renewed year to year. I, I want to say that most of them are year to year, um, as far as I know. I, I we don't know any details about the NYCFC one. We know that it was mostly for front office reasons and. Um, just kind of an exchange of ideas because NYCFC had to have a USL affiliate. Uh, it's part of being an MLS team at this point. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. I don't, I have a hard time caring too much if there's not going to be a lot of player movement. Like we right. saw more player movement from New England last year to San Antonio than we did from New York. So, yeah, I mean, I'm, I, I'm still disappointed they didn't send, send down via. 
I mean, <laughs> like what they, they should have done it. Like for our playoff <laughs> games, they should have sent David Villa down. Or Andre Pirlo. Like yeah, he's retiring anyway. Never. Just let him run out in the pasture here in San Antonio. <laughs> um, speaking of things that probably will never happen, um, David Beckham and Miami um more expansion issues here uh, i believe it was the mirror let me pull the article up here um yeah mirror.co.uk has fears over whether david beckham's mls side will ever kick a ball as lawsuits delay stadium construction again i actually had to check the date on this article to make sure that it wasn't from one of the other multitude of times right. that I discussed this issue um but yeah, it, it comes down to, again, a small amount of the large piece of land that they've purchased uh, is being contested in lawsuits. And it looks like the hearing is expected in June, um, which pushes Miami back again. So we've got LA passing, LAFC passing them. We've got Nashville passing them. We've got probably, oh man, we haven't even talked about the fact that we're still hanging out trying to figure out who the second expansion city. Oh, that's true we're, in, we're into the new year now so we're in their supposed timeline yeah well either way that team is probably going to pass miami too um so it feels like we're at, obviously it's been a meme for a while but it actually kind of feels like we're getting to the point where miami might be a question mark i've always been of the idea that it was going to happen for sure but are you with me on that is it is it turning into an if instead of a win I mean, I don't think Miami should happen to begin with, but that's just me. Um, I don't think it's yeah. It's it's all it's all because of Beckham. Like it, they're just handing him a team and giving him a cheap expansion fee and all that good stuff. But there's better venues that he could get into um, and use that spot other in another way. Um, but let's be clear about this right now. This is this this judgment that's supposed to come down in June or July is for an appeal. So they've already been denied once. Um, and now the appeals process is going to start kicking off. So there's a possibility we see this go up and up and up the ladder all the way till we get to a Supreme Court type ruling situation. Um, and it could be, Jesus, 2020, 2021, maybe even later than that before they're even allowed to start stadium construction out there. That's so crazy. It's like, I know we're already in 2018, but it feels like we've been talking about this forever like because we have how long it's been what three years four years has it been longer than that now at this point it's dragging on and on just let it die (laughs) let it die stop i i've always been of the opinion that they were going to shove that square peg into the round hole and now i'm not sure that there's a hole to shove it into anymore Uh, anyway um i think it would be really interesting if they gave him the option to pick up his franchise um deal his discounted deal and move it to another city like las vegas or um san antonio austin sacramento um any of these other places where there's some question marks so We'll see. Kind of interesting, but I don't think they'll let him do that given how much of a discount he was getting. It's a what he's only paying twenty five million, right? So, yeah, compared to the hundred fifty plus for this round, <laughs> like, it's a big difference. Crazy. But he's David Beckham, and supposedly he has players knocking on his door trying to come to Miami to play. So who knows? Talk about splash signings. That could be some. There's the potential there for like real big names to be jumping ship to come to Miami if if they ever get it done. If they're willing to spend, um, this this might be a little too outside our topic area, but um, Derek Jeter and his group just bought the Miami Marlins, and there's not a lot of money in that ownership group, so uh, not a lot of money like w- being willing to spend in that ownership group. So I'm curious, like if Beckham did get this going, would it just be Marlins part two? (laughs) Like Marlins Uh, soccer version? Uh, You have this well-known former player who is getting help from other people to raise the funds needed um, after, you know, a lot of struggle. It it sounds like a very familiar story. So I'm not sure the city of Miami is really going to be bending over backwards to make this happen. I don't know. It, 
Miami is such a strange major league sports city. And I say that being originally from the Miami Fort Lauderdale area. I mean, I've got a Miami Dolphins hat on. <laughs> I wasn't going to call you out so again. There's, there's been so much crap that's gone on with stadium deals down there between the Dolphins and the Marlins with that community down there that it's really put, in a, big, put a big strain on the relationship between fan bases um, and the teams down there to a certain extent. Um, I'm a little bit more familiar with the Dolphins side of it than I am with the Marlins. I know the Marlins pretty much took the city for all they've got stadium wise. Um, and then when the Dolphins wanted to expand their stadium, they got nothing but pushback and pushback and pushback from the, the, the people living there um, involving taxpayer money being used for a stadium um, that Stephen Ross, the owner of the Dolphins ended up actually ponying up half a billion dollars of his own cash is that to, it? to do the do the renovations and upgrade uh what's now hard rock stadium to its current form so i don't know it's oh, gee, even if they get the team down there it might be a push especially if they want taxpayer money at all to yeah. get that stadium built they've got the land the land is controversial the stadium plan i don't know if they want taxpayer money that may kill it right there yeah, it's really an interesting ecosystem to watch all of this fold out. And like, I, I'm starting to think it's not going to happen. And that's surprising. And I, I was going to say it's unfortunate. I'm not sure that it's unfortunate. I don't know. Is Miami craving MLS? Like, I don't know. I, I don't know. It, it, mm. I mean, we saw the NASL team there fold. So... Yeah. I don't know if this, I know that was in Fort Lauderdale, but for those of you that aren't familiar with the proximity between Fort Lauderdale and Miami, it's maybe like a 20, 30 minute drive unless traffic's absolutely horrendous. It's not like you're going that far. I drive 20 to 30 minutes just to get over to Toyota Field as it is right now. It's not right. that big a thing. So if they can't even keep a, an, an NASL team afloat, then why are they going to be able to keep an MLS team? Right. <sighs> well, two other big topics that we want to talk about tonight. Um, I say that like we're going to rant on them forever. Two short little mentions here. Um, FIFA president Gianni Infantino said um, on um, football in the U.S. and specifically promotion and relegation, quote, it has to change. It must be discussed with common sense and a dialogue in a positive spirit. Um, That's from Globe Soccer Awards on Twitter. Um, so yeah, apparently the FIFA president is calling for promotion relegation. So you think it's going to happen? Like in all, you know, I'm, I, I want to make jokes about Ted and hashtag pro rel, um, <laughs> craziness, but uh, you know, from a practical standpoint, if he's saying that it needs to happen, do you think it's going to happen? It's not going to happen without some serious changes to especially D2 soccer. Um, a lot of these teams are not ready for that jump. Um, to, like, I think there's a handful of them in the, the USL right now that could handle making that jump to MLS. Obviously, we've seen who some of them are with the bidding process right now with expansion. Um, but the big thing is, is that if that opportunity to move up and be promoted up to MLS level, um, if that opportunity is there, then it would hopefully, you know, stimulate the ecosystem of USL and NASL and Division Three, even that to spend more money and get more money invested. Because if they're investing money, then they're going to move up, hopefully, in theory, um, move up and get up to that top tier soccer soccer league here in the United States. So I don't know, it could be good. I don't necessarily know that it's going to happen. There's a lot of change that has to happen. And I think a lot of who the USSF president ends up being could be a big deciding factor. If, you know, if Winalda gets in there, then we know he's made it pretty clear that he's a big supporter of doing pro rel if they can do it the right way. Right. What the right way is he hasn't been too specific about yet, but I don't know. Yeah. I, I would like to see it. I think it'd be interesting. Um, but I don't expect it to happen. I feel like it's on its way out, even in Europe, with the discussion about Super Leagues and uh, Leagues of Nations and you know all sorts of different ways to have competition where you're still getting the highest-paid players against the highest-paid players. Um, 
I, I feel like it's something that was a relic of the last century that the U.S. unfortunately isn't going to get a chance to um, participate in. But we'll see. I've been wrong once or twice in my life before. So, you know, things happen. Um, yeah, I don't know. I think it's 50-50 at this point. Yeah, I wouldn't even give it that. I, I feel like it would destabilize everything that the U.S. has been building for the last 20-some-odd years, since 96. Um, uh, as shitty as some of the rules in MLS are and the single entity and everything else, as much as that needs to change, if you start messing with owners' money, that's when they're going to back out, and that's when you're not going to get new investors. Um, you look at Sacramento right now. Like from from what we know, and obviously this is all almost entirely speculation. Um, it sounds like Sacramento is um, an owner away or an investor away from getting an MLS franchise, um, which is a really crappy situation for everyone involved there. Um, but that's where the league is. They're looking for more Atlantas and Torontos and Seattle's where they're willing to spend money and not Houston, not FC Dallas, uh, not Minnesota, who was just letting the league a couple of years ago. And, um, you know, you start messing with people's money. That's when you're going to lose a lot of interest and a lot of the growth that we've seen over the last few years. So. Uh, just a, a quick little bit on Sacramento. That's such a crappy situation. <laughs> like yeah. if they would have let Sacramento in four years ago or whatever it was, um, I like nothing, it would have been fine. They would have had plenty of investment and, and everything else, but um, with how rapidly the league has grown and the quality of the league has gone up, um, I understand where they're coming from as uh, from the league point of view, because you want a team that's going to compete and not just, you know, fill a spot. I mean, we've talked about the spending, the spending difference between teams here before with the low end at, you know, Houston and stuff like that, spending five to $6 million on players. And then you've got Toronto spending 25 plus. Yeah. It's a, it's a lot of money, but if they can get the right ownership groups in place, you know, Spending, I don't know they will though. Man. I don't know, they, but can, can you see from the promotion relegation standpoint? Can you see some of these teams getting promoted and being willing to drop six or seven million dollars on on player spending pools? I mean, I think there's some ownership groups there that could get it done. The Nashville ownership group that's going going into right. to MLS has the money to do it with the Vikings backing Vikings owner backing. Um, I think SAFC could afford it if they really wanted to, because $6 million or five or $6 million is a drop in the bucket for what they do yeah. in the big scheme of things. And it wouldn't even necessarily be every year because you could get relegated. You could go up for one year, spend a bunch of money and then get relegated and be back right where you started. Right. I don't know. It's, it's tough. It's I mean, what tough happens if a team like Rochester, like say Rochester won the league last year and you know, they're, on hiatus this year for financials like what happened if they would have been promoted like you'd think they would have to decline it and pass that on to the next highest person so i think there's a lot of issues and there's there's a lot more than just we should do it like there's a lot of practical issues that are at stake because the pay of you know some of the usl teams and nasl teams even in the NASL, just looking at the NASL, there's such a discrepancy between some of those player salaries. And I, yeah. Anyway, we circle back around to USSF president who gets it. Yeah. What it, what is when all to think the right way is, I mean, obviously so, several of the candidates are, you know, talking about pro rel, but right. what's, the, what's the right way to do it? Cause I sure as hell don't know. And that's literally the only reason I'm not running for us soccer president. That's, that's it. I can't answer that question. If it wasn't for that, I'd be running. <laughs> um, last thing, real quick. Um, U.S. Women's National Team reports for January camp. They announced the roster that they're bringing to camp. Um, a lot of familiar faces. Tobin Heath is still out with injury, but um, as they gear up for their World Cup, since this is not a World Cup year, there's no World Cup going on in 2018 doesn't exist <laughs> since we're looking ahead to the women's world cup next year um you know it'll be interesting to keep an eye on and we'll cover that more in depth later as things start to shake out um as friendlies start to get played but 
I don't think the U.S. Women's National Team is going to be able to walk through this World Cup like they have in the past. I, I really think that um, this is the year that the U.S. It's not so much that the U.S. takes a step back as much as other teams take three steps forward. And I'm really intrigued to see that next next summer. Yeah, you know, it would be fun to watch. And I'm going to say it again. Who's the USSF president? Because that could change a lot of stuff with this. There's a lot of issues with pay and things like that involving the U.S. women's national team. And there, that, there's a lot to figure out across the board. So the next, what, three or four months are going to decide a lot for what happens not just with the U.S. men's national team, but also with the women's national team and their, their, where they're going in the future. How did Hope Solo pass a background check? <laughs> she stole a van from the fucking Federation. Like, you don't even have to do a background check for that. Just, you know, ask around the organization. Say, hey, have you ever stolen property from the Federation? <laughs> no yes yes you have oh well whatever no it was her husband wasn't it like she he actually stole it she was with him it was both of them but yeah i don't know uh, anyway if she, uh, hey if she becomes president it was her van to steal <laughs> it's not stealing at that point she was borrowing her own van i was gonna go down a rabbit hole with that that i don't think anybody wants but uh it's a 2020 yep that's all i'm asking um <laughs> So uh, one other quick note, speaking of women's soccer, is that we got a uh, email last night, a press release talking about uh, Coach Vita for SA Athenians um, is leaving the position to tend to familial obligations, I think is how it was phrased. So Athenians is going to be looking for a new head coach for this season. So um, that'll be interesting to see. I'm really interested to see how that club does in its second season. I'm really um, intrigued. It was, it is really difficult to cover that team because for a lot of those players, um, for some of those players, it's not their primary response, primary responsibility. Is that the word? Their obligation. Obligation. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, it's tough to cover that team, but I really want to, and I'm a huge fan of women's soccer um, and I want that in San Antonio. I want that in Texas um, to see, you know, even NWSL teams one day and see that move up. So I hope the best for Athenians. We're keeping an eye on the coaching search. It'll be really interesting to watch. Um, I know Alan Marcina is still in the area, right? From the Scorpions. That would be fucking cool. He's uh, man. He's a nice guy. Um, anyway. Yeah. All the best to Athenians and we are going to do our best to cover that squad a lot better than we did last year because we really weren't able to get out to many games and and didn't do as good of a job as i'd hoped i was just about to say we need to make the time to get out to a couple games this season yeah full disclosure last year i things got screwed up because i got a second job and a lot of other things going on in my life at that point but um yeah i want to make it to multiple games this year anyway so that's an hour-long show in January with no games, very few player announcements. Yep. Best Hopefully, but we're in the home stretch now. We're we've we're, we've got to be getting a schedule announcement here in the not too distant future. I would think um, we should hear some more player signings starting to ramp up here to fill out the squad. Because um, what we are two months away from the beginning of the season. That's right. It's going to fly by. Um, Players report at the end of January, beginning of February for USL. So we're not too far from that. Once that happens, we'll start having player audio and video and uh, interviews and all that kind of stuff and get back into the swing of things. Less pro-rel talk and more on-the-field talk. Um, That's one goal for this year. I want to talk more about stuff happening on the field than uh, expansion and everything else. Now. I'm kind of glad that MLS expansion is to a close. Yeah, hopefully, hopefully we'll have an answer on that in the next week or two, and then we can worry about whatever the timeline is for the next two slots. Probably another. Like that movie, man, it was so good. It was so turns, bad. It's so good. And Luke, he does the thing, and it's the thing, and <sighs> not my Skywalker. That's, nope. <laughs> <laughs> Not my Skywalker. 
The best part of that movie was those damn little porgs. <laughs> yeah, I read a thing that, and I'm trying to not spoil anything for anyone, so, um, but I read a thing that those were puffins in real life, that they couldn't get to get, like, away from the filming, so they right. just eyed the porgs over the puffins. <laughs> they, they turned all the puffins into porgs. <laughs> That's amazing. There was too many of them to... to edit out so they just embraced them and so became the porg i'm gonna think of that every time i go to sea world and see the puffin exhibit like, <laughs> this is what i saw in star wars come on <sighs> that's what they should do they should change the signage at sea world instead of calling them puffins call them porgs without cgi put the star wars branding up boom let's do it i just, I just solved a 10 minutes let's make it happen Uh, anyway this is the end of our soccer podcast for the week thank you for listening i've been kyle makey he's been larry leathers um we really do appreciate you listening and appreciate this journey that uh you've gone on us with i know it's been a little different uh, and i'm looking forward to the season getting underway and um we're just gonna have fun man that's that's the goal make it fun yeah Uh, so yeah um you can follow us on social media at tx soccer radio uh at larry leathers 87 and at kyle underscore mankey um other than that if you're listening to the recording podcast get here on periscope thursday nights 10 p.m we have fun we drink drinks and we uh talk about what you want to talk about you can run this show (laughs) have to be here thursday nights 10 p.m on periscope um and a live show coming in the not too distant future so yes all right we will talk to you next week thank you so much for listening later